did you uh how'd you find that last episode with michael osaki were you able to watch it yeah i did i caught uh, i caught all of it i mean it was it was really interesting to hear the point of view of an actual appraiser i mean my collection is not as rare so my appraiser is card ladder like that kind of tells me what my cards are worth um but just hearing like some of the items he's seen like the the babe ruth deathbed autograph i was not expecting um so yeah it was it was awesome it was just unique like a different take from the hobby so i appreciated it the deathbed auto it's funny how you how you how you name that's what it would be slabbed with the psa slab would say deathbed auto deathbed auto for sure for sure so as you probably heard me man as i've told you i'm under the weather so we're gonna we're gonna not go for like two hours as we often do i'm actually just gonna quickly i've got my uh my cough medicine here this is benelin sleep time dry cough night nice. which uh pretty much explains what i got so i'm going to uh, i got to take some of this man so we've gone live but i got to take some cough medicine guys because yep. spoonful of sugar yeah there we go there's one of, there's i'm gonna take like three of these this stuff's actually pretty tasty believe it or not just do, just swig the bottle here we go commercial for benelin <laughs> right here right this is a paid just, sponsorship yeah one more one more <laughs> I got to last through the show. I know. Me too. Listen, I got my coffee. I got it's East Coast time by me. Right. That's right. Well, we're starting a bit earlier than we've planned, so that's kind yeah, of that's good. True. Yep. That should help. So, let's let's start off by just talking about. Um, I got to meet you at the National this past August. That yes. was pretty cool. Uh, how was your experience there? It was uh, it was awesome. So it was my first time at the National, and but I mean, it's going to throw me off all show. So I have to I have to put it out there. You always look amazing, Jeremy. Like I, I tune in, if not live, I, I try to tune in on Sundays. You look extra handsome tonight. So I just, I have to say, uh, you are a tall drink of water. I mean, I met you at the National and you're, you know, seven, five or seven, eight, whatever you are. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, that shirt just looks phenomenal. So you look you like great. the shirt, huh? Yeah. Love it. Love it. Love wow. it. Uh, the, the National was great. I mean, I, I think it's, it's so cliche at this point because everyone has said it's just overwhelming and like, but that's the only way to describe it. I mean, I was there for for all three days or all however many days it was, and I still feel like I didn't get to see everything. Uh, every card you ever want to see in person is there. But and again, cliche, but my favorite part was the people. I like just kind of meeting people that I've been talking to for the last year or two online. Um people whose content I've been consuming. Uh, it was, you know, great getting, getting to meet you and, uh, you know, showing you, showing you slab shelf, showing you like my one purchase from the national. So it was, it was awesome. It was awesome. Well, that was my next, my next question. What did you pick up at the national? Uh, I, so I, it was like a business trip for me. So I was, I mean, anyone who saw me at the national saw me with like a slab shelf under my arm, kind of, you know, just showing it off at tables, which was great. Um, but it, it wasn't until the last day that I actually like, looked for cards for myself. Um, and I picked up one card on the last day and I was actually nervous. I was going to go to the airport, like without buying anything. Uh, and I have a very specific targeted list of like cards I'm looking for. So there, there's like 15 cards that are left on my go-to list. And I was able to knock one down and uh, I did get to show you, I'm going to show it to you in person. I'm going to show it to you and the crew, but it's the, uh, the 33 Gaudi oh, Gehrig in a PSA one. And I, I actually like these older cards that have been loved a little bit, um, yeah. especially with good eye appeal. So this was my one national purchase. This was Very nice. I, now I do remember you showed it to me there. Uh, so that's the only pickup you made. Literally it was the only, I bought, I bought a couple cards um, 
for my kids just so that like they could have some cards to to play around with but that was like the only card that i bought for my pc yeah that's a that's a great card and i mean we, i can see the cards behind you and i can make out several of them especially the ones on that side of you i can i can pick yeah that side yeah i can pick yeah, out your vision is <laughs> So I can pick out the bottom eight, the middle eight, the top. I can't really see. It's kind of cut off, I guess, just that we don't have that in the frame. But yeah, I, I can definitely pick out. I think I can name every car, all 16 of those cards, except the, oh, no, that's the Gehrig. You got the Jim Brown underneath it. Yeah. Then you got the Hank Aaron. Yeah. The Nolan Ryan underneath that. The Koufax. Yeah. Dr. J. Mm-hmm. Unitas. Yeah. Wayne Gretzky. Nice. Coming over here, you got the Larry Bird, Magic Johnson, Mario mm-hmm. Lemieux, Michael Jordan. That's the Jeter SP. Yeah, it's hard to see. Kobe, Kobe, and yep. uh, well, I, I can't tell that that next one right now. Kobe, uh, but on the other side of that one, that's Vince Carter. Yeah, <coughs> I can't tell. Oh. No, I can't tell the second one or the fourth one, actually. LeBron? So these, two, these two are more modern. So this is the LeBron Topps Chrome 2003. Yeah. And this one's one of my favorite. I just think one of the most underrated cards in the hobby is the uh, the 98 SP Authentic Peyton Manning. Oh. Number two uh, to 2000. It's one of my favorite cards. <coughs> Great card, for sure. That cough thank medicine you, sure is working for me. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. It'll kick in eventually. You'll be fine. Yeah. So okay, let's say hi to the crew. To the crew, we got hat tricks. Good evening, hey to you. We got yes, Troy, sir. Jeremy, and Slab Shelf guy. Awesome after hours in store, even with sickly Jeremy. Thank you, I appreciate yep. that, Troy. Busby says, been at the Tulsa State Fair, missed the first show. I'm glad I made it for this. We're glad to have you, Daniel. First one, we're doing short, a bit of shorter shows this weekend, just because I am sick. We got my guy Victor, the rookie card specialist. Victor, great to see you. Thanks for joining. SML, good evening to you. Tom Bullard, good evening. And Troy says, well, I guess John has all the goats. Where is the Brady? Do you have a Brady back there on the other side, maybe? I do not have a Brady. I do not. I mean, I don't have every card. I have, uh, you know, there's there's still some cards on my on my wish list, but I do not have a Brady. It's is it on your list? Uh it's actually, honestly, it's pretty far down. Most of the most of the targets that I have are all vintage. Um so Brady's not there yet. Although if you ask some people at the national, they think that 2000 and that era is vintage, which yeah. is a little, you know, I don't, right here. It's, yeah, me it depends what your perspective is, right? I mean, I'm not going to say it's not true. It's really, you can define that for yourself at the end of the day, yep. but you mentioned targets. Are you willing to share what your target, what your tar- kind of top five want cards are right now? Yeah, sure. Actually uh, it's fine. So I have, I have a seven year old daughter and a three year old son and I've, I've gotten them into cards a little bit too. Like they can name these cards. Like, they might not know, like my son might not know like all the letters of the alphabet, but he knows like the Derek Jeter rookie card. So what I did was I actually printed out and I grayed out the cards that we need to get for like our collection. And then they colored in the Gehrig because I, I came home from the Nationals. So, and, and you, I'm very jealous because obviously you can see the Jackie Robinson, uh, the Satchel Page, the Maggio, Ted Williams. Uh, you got Willie Mays, Mickey Mantle, Rose, Bill Russell, Big O. Jerry West, Wilt, Namath, and Walter Payton. So that that's, you know, and I have, I'm very proud of my collection, but these are like the must-haves. Yeah. These are the cards that I want, but those are like nice-to-haves. These are like the all focus is on getting to these cards. But that's a great list there that you uh that you have. I'll keep you posted how I do. 
And what a fun way to, to get your kids involved too, right? As nice you get man. them, they can color them in. That's yep. pretty cool. Yeah. Yep. That's pretty cool. Let's see. Tom Bullard has something exciting. He says, I'm on cloud nine right now. Just checked my IG and saw Andre Reed uh, tagged him. Can't wipe the smile off my face. Small gestures can mean the world, y'all. A legend and one of my all-time faves growing up. That's cool. Congrats on that. Very nice. cool. Jeremy Allen, hello to Dallas. <coughs> Fire. Good evening and thank you. Yeah. Hoping I'm going to get well in the next couple of days here. So, okay. So you do slab shelf. You are, you are what I, what I, what I called a hobbypreneur in one of my posts today. I like that. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's, you are, I mean, you've got this going on. I, I think it's interesting for you to share with people what it's like, what your journey has been like from the moment that you kind of came up with the, well, actually, let me ask the question this way. Mm-hmm. How did you come up with the idea for slab shelf? Uh, so I, it's, it's a fun story, right? So I was a big hobby enthusiast. I was, I was super into the hobby. And then like a lot of people, I kind of drifted away from the hobby for a while, um, went to college, kind of entered the real world. And when I got back in, uh, I quickly realized that grading cards was like the standard. Like when I was collecting in, in the, you know, most throughout all the nineties and even early two thousands, grading was the exception. So when I got back into it, I realized that every card really to kind of get the value had to be graded. So I did what everyone did. And I, I sent, you know, like my best 50 or 60 cards to PSA. Um, I got them back in like three months, which I thought was a long time at the time. But, you know, everyone would, would kill for that now. Um, and I, I got them back. I was pretty pleased with a lot of the grades. And I have my my basement sports cave. And I was just looking for what to do with them. Like, what, like, how am I going to display them? I didn't want to keep them locked up in a box. I wanted to be able to look at them. And I just, I couldn't find, I couldn't find an option that worked for me. It didn't mean that there weren't options out there, but just like for what I was looking for, I couldn't find it. Uh, so I made something like I made a shelf. I went to Home Depot. I got some wood uh, and I made a shelf out of wood that was pretty terrible, right? Like it was, it was, but it, like it did the job. Um, and it, and some of the, some of the ones on this side are actually like the original wooden slab shelves. Um, and I sent some pictures to some of my buddies and said like, Hey, like, look at the cards I got back from PSA. And they were like, that's awesome. But like, where'd you get that display? Like, I'm looking for something like that. Um, and I had enough people ask me that, that I said, all right, like, I might, I might have something here. Uh, so then I started posting some pictures on Facebook groups and, and asking people's opinions of like, would you buy something like this? Like, what would you pay for it? And there was just enough feedback of people saying, yeah, like I have, I have slabs, I have graded cards. Like, I don't want to spend a ton of money to display them. Um, you know, I don't want these like cheap flimsy options. Like I, I would like something. So I just got to the point where I said, you know what, if I'm ever going to do something like now's the time, there's 10 million cards backlogged at PSA. So there's going to be obviously demand to do something with these cards. Um, and it's been a lot of fun, man. It's been a hell of a ride. I've learned a lot. It's, it's my first endeavor in, you know, manufacturing, which was a bit of a learning curve just because it's the first time I've done it. Um, but I have a sales and marketing background. So like that part was kind of fun. Uh, and we are, I mean, you know, just to let you know, state of the state, uh, it's been a long pre-sale and uh, obviously some delays just because of materials and everyone kind of knows about plastic being in, in, um, in high demand and short supply. Uh, but we should be shipping out in the next week, two weeks top. So for everyone who has purchased a slab shelf, uh, first and foremost, thank you very much for your support, uh, and for your patience. And, uh, we hope to see your cards 
on your slab shelf very, very soon. That's cool, man. So how many slab shelves are you about to ship out? Or or a range if that's if that's competitive information. A lot, a lot. So it's it's uh it's in the four figures, right? So we're like in the in the like low thousands. But when I first started this, I didn't know if I'd sell two or ten. Um, so we're we're like really happy with where we are. But I'm not really going to be happy until people have them. Like yeah. once people start posting, like hey, like here's my cards on my slab shelf, then. I'm going to be really happy. And then we're, we're going to like really uh, turn it up a little bit. Yeah, for sure. For sure. So what has the response been like from, you know, you, you said that the national was a business trip for you. What was the response like? What, uh, what sort of support did you get there? Yeah. So I had no idea what to expect. I mean, I didn't have a table or a booth. Um, I, I knew some people that had tables. So like, Hey, like you can, you know, you can set one up at our table and leave some info. Um, like the guys at Bleecker, trading are amazing mark and and jacob and those guys so there was one like at the bleaker at the bleaker table um it's kind of like my east coast home base there in the city um but it was it was amazing like I, I had my slap shelf shirt on i had my slap shelf under my on my arm and the amount of people that stopped me and they're like oh like i've seen this on instagram like are you selling them like i you know i think it looks pretty cool so that's been great uh and then i was just talking to dealers. I want to get their feedback, um, especially ones that had not heard of Slab Shelf before. I would tell them like, just grab 10 slabs out of your case, throw them on, like, let me know what you, what you think. Um, I asked real, real collectors, like I'm a collector. So like the reason I wanted to develop Slab Shelf is because from my standpoint, it's something that I wanted to do. So I was hoping other people agreed. Um, but yeah, like talking to the dealers, a lot of dealers like, this is great. Like this would be great in my shop to either display cards uh, and I think a lot of my, my customers would want this. So the feedback was, was really positive. Any, did any dealers sort of stick out anyone you want to shout out that, uh, are really helping you launch this thing? Yeah. Um, I would say, I mean, especially from the national, um, Andy from Indy card exchange was, was amazing. Uh, you're going to see slab shelf in, in Indy card exchange soon. Um, one-on-one card shop in Ohio, uh, John English, uh, vintage down in Tennessee, um, Jamil from shop Millie pops was, has been like a, a great, um, sounding board. So, I mean, and I'm missing people. So like, I'm, I'm, I apologize if, if I'm not shouting you out, but, uh, but yeah, there's just been a lot of people that have been helpful from either, you know, kind of being a mentor and, and, and a bit of a guide. And then also people are like, yes, like I want to, I want to partner with you. So that's been great. Very cool. Let's go to a couple of comments and questions we have sure. here. So uh, Daniel Busby says, my studs in my wall are 16 inches apart and the holes on the slabs you make, are the holes in the slabs you make 12 and 16 inches apart? If so, do and do they hang up? Yeah, so uh, the back panel of the slab shelf has two holes in it. Uh, the back panel is 15 inches wide. So the, the two holes are about an inch and a half in from each side. So, um, and they, they really it's lightweight. So even a, like a heavy duty 3M hook, if you don't want to drill it in, um, should do the trick. So, cause I've, I've experimented every which way, hanging them up uh, in my basement. Um, yeah, so you should be good. Yeah. And I can, I can verify that it is a light unit. So it's not like you're going to yeah. rip, rip through your, uh, your hard, your, your exactly. drywall if you're not in yeah. a stud for sure. Uh, Tom says, I definitely need to pick up a slab shelf. I like them over another option. Uh, myself. Very nice. Very nice. Thank you, sir. Appreciate it. Tom says, I like that it's not specific to PSA or a certain slab. Are there any slabs or holders that won't fit? Uh, I have not met a slab. It is not fit yet. So, uh, you know, PSA, 
Beckett, uh, SGC, HGA, um, it, uh, CSG. So it is fit everything that I've thrown on it. Uh, the only thing is obviously if you have a, a taller slab, like a tall boy, um, it could fit. It just doesn't necessarily fit as uniformly, but any kind of standard slab, whether it's a thick card, patch card, uh, if it it's no problem. And I can actually speak to the, to, uh, putting one touches on it. And I can tell you that one touches fit on the top shelf, but yep. not the bottom shelf. Is that your, is that kind of how you look at it? As yeah. Well? Cause it, it, so it was made specifically for slabs, but the nice thing about the top shelf is if, if you have kind of a mix of some mags, one touches and slabs, you can put one touches on the top, no problem. Um, and do a little bit of a, a mix and match for sure. Yeah. Right on. Uh, I like this here. Chad says those look great on display behind you. I just bought two of them now while listening. That's awesome. Chad. Nice. Thanks, Chad. I appreciate that. Very Let's keep cool. that going. Keep that train going. Yeah, that's right. Hey, now, now we're talking. Yeah. Uh, J, JG, this is his, his comment through both episodes. Have you been in contact with Michael Rubin yet? Uh, I have not yet. I have not. That's a good question. Um, I, uh, I think it's really interesting what he's doing, uh, and I would love to have a conversation with him one day, but I have yeah. not spoken to Michael yet. No, <laughs> just give him a call. No yeah. problem. I'll call, him, I'll call him after this. So you said that you're a, you have a sales and marketing background. How have you been applying that to Slab Shelf? Uh, well, so when we did the launch, um, you know, I knew, I knew the product, I knew like what I wanted to say about it and, and, um, how I wanted it to be, to be perceived, but you know, there, there's a lot out there. Right. So I was like, all right, how am I going to make some noise and, and really make sure it breaks through a lot of the clutter. Uh, so I think that's where my background came into play. And like my whole thing with sales and marketing, whether I'm doing the sales and marketing or I'm being marketed to is really personalization. Like I, I want to know my customer and my clientele and, and make sure that they know like, Hey, I'm paying attention to you. Like I I'm, I'm listening to what you're saying. Um, so basically my, <laughs> my strategy was like, I, I respect a ton of people in the, in the, in the hobby industry. Uh, so I kind of handpicked, you know, about 25 people are like, I, I really like their input on slab shelf. And, and if they like it, I think that would just be a great launching point. Um, I was like, but if I just send it to them, they probably get a ton of stuff in the mail. Um, like how, how can I make sure this kind of sticks out? So, you know, the nice thing is people do like to show off their collections online. So I really made sure I understood like what their favorite cards were. Uh, so when they got this in the mail, they didn't have to go search for their cards. Like they could literally see what their cards were on the slab shelf because I replicated like their you know, their favorite cards or like, you know, they're kind of the best cards from their PC so they can instantly put it on. Like, all right, this is what it would look like. Uh, and the feedback from that is, has been f fantastic. I mean, I, I, it, it really over exceeded what the expectations were. Like I, I was hoping to get maybe three or four people to be like, all right, like I'll give you a shout on, on Instagram or like, you know, let's, let's talk about this. I, I think this is a cool idea. And, and I had like 22 people hit me up immediately saying like, this is great. Like, you know, the customization, like I really like that, that you paid attention here. So, uh, so that it, it worked, I'll say that. And, and I, I appreciate everyone's feedback on it. So it was, uh, it was pretty cool. Yeah. So I was, was I one of those 25? I, I think I was right. You, you were my friend. You were. Yeah. yeah. So, so I, I just, I've sh I showed these before way back when I first received the unit, but I'll yeah. show them again. Cause this is, this is, I thought it was really cool. Now, right now there's mine right there behind me. It's got, some slabs, some non-slabs on it, but uh, but you did send me my 
my slab shelf cards and, and you, I guess you went through my Instagram page and you found some cards that I'd recently posted. I stalked you pretty hard. Yeah. You stalked me pretty hard. And yeah. so there's my, there's my Crosby noise boys mm-hmm. and you've got these vanity slabs. Pretty cool. So you, you know, it's just cool. You put my, my Instagram there, uh, slab shelves there, some yeah, gem mint 10, of course, even though it's hand cut. Right. Yep. Yep. So yeah, the Gretzky PMG green, my a Gretzky rookie, a Mario Lemieux rookie. Jordan Platinum Portraits. Yep. Jordan Jambalaya. And then you also gave me uh, these two here. Uh, a Vince Carter rookie and the the Stanley Cup from uh, mm-hmm. Panini Flawless. I thought those were awesome. And right away I thought to myself, you know, it'd be kind of cool to trade these <coughs> with other people who received these. And they're I mean, one of ones. Like they're, they're legit one of ones. They're one of ones. So if anybody out there received one of uh one of john's <laughs> uh influencer packages i think that's what you called them yeah um, i'm up for for doing a swap swap one of mine for one of yours they'd be it'd just be kind of fun nice. uh, you, hey, there, there are fun, some right? folks that have been on your show that got it like um uh chris and christina from uh from car ladder they both got some cards uh dj ski uh, I'm probably missing a bunch of people, but there, there's some people that you could, uh, they're definitely in your network. You could do some cool trades. Yeah. Right on, right on. Maybe we'll, uh, maybe we'll look out, look, look into, to doing something like that. All right. A yeah. couple of comments here. Tom Bullard. Uh, do you think you could make a small attachment that could display company name or be customized and something like that for future ideas? Kind of like a billboard above the shelves to help promote. Yeah. Uh, so I've actually, I've had a lot of people ask about branding and, and colors. Um, so we could actually, we're thinking about doing some different colors, team colors, things like that, uh, kind of in phase two, like right now it's a, it's a frosted, uh, plastics. So that's what they all look like. Um, but I've actually been talking to a couple breakers, um, because obviously when breakers are, are kind of breaking cards, they, they can put a, a card saver on the bottom shelf and the top shelf, no problem. Uh, so they're going to get some, like local artists to do some logos on the back. So if, if you get somebody to like paint, like almost with a graffiti pen, um, your logo, or, you know, maybe, you know, like a tops, uh, 2020 artist that could do it for you, but like, you can do that. The, the back shelf comes blank and you can put whatever logo, uh, or decal on it that you want. Yeah. That, that's pretty cool. Uh, Troy just followed you on, on Instagram. That's very cool. Awesome. And, uh, Matt Jones. Hey, I remembers when I got this in the mail, I was excited and loved the cards to display out there. It's pretty cool. It's just, it's just cool that you, you actually spent that time to make sure that all these people you sent these to were going to notice it and maybe yep. do something with it and, and help, help you market and get to get the word out, which I'm obviously happy to do. Yeah. So the question I have is this is a single product business right now. Do you have plans for to add more products to the uh, product portfolio? Maybe. I mean, I, it's it's kind of like what I said earlier. Like my my main focus now is doing this right, right? Because I would never want to, you know, dilute it and have a couple of products out there, but not have them be perfect. Like I'd rather have one that just that really hits the nail on the head. Um, so there is the possibility. I, you know, I've one thing I love is feedback, right? So I've been I've been going to a lot of local card shows. And bringing the prototypes and just asking people for feedback and asking people, like, put your slabs on it. Like, what do you think? Um, and, you know, people have given me ideas about it, bigger, smaller, higher. Uh, so there's definitely ideas in phase two. You might see some new uh, new products come out into, into the market, but phase one's got to gotta be complete first. So once we get once we get in people's hands, we'll talk about phase two. 
Right. Get yeah. start with the first product. Yeah, that makes that makes sense. Yeah. <clears throat> Triple V says, any plans for a higher end display case with UV protection? Uh, so literally the same kind of thing, right? Like that's that's definitely been feedback that I've I've gotten from some folks. Um, so we're we're thinking about it. That's definitely one of the we're thinking about. But I, I agree, right? Like I with my my basement, I mean, there's no natural light. So my cards that are on the shelves behind me, they're out all the time because there's literally uh, no windows in here. But, you know, if someone does want to display it where there's natural light, you know, that that's a real, uh, real thing you should be thinking about. So um, something that we're thinking about, too. So you've been rolling out this business. You're a hobbypreneur. What sort of uh, challenges have you have you had that have uh, maybe slowed you up or, or you weren't expecting when you started? Speak to like tell, you know, I, I kind of want you to. I kind of want you to inspire people who might want to start a business, right? So take a chance and be inspirational, if you will. <laughs> and then, but then yeah. also, you know, but don't sugarcoat it. What have been some of the difficulties that you've had? Yeah. So, uh, I mean, Jeremy, you inspire me every Saturday night. So I'll, I will do my best to return the favor to your listeners. Thank um, you. Yeah, I'm, gonna, I mean, I'm I, just I, gonna, I'm just gonna mute myself and blow my nose. Excuse me. Yeah, blow your nose, hack up a lung, just make yourself feel better. Um, so I, I think when I first thought of the idea or thought of the idea of like, Hey, this is something that collectors would like. I, no matter what you're going to go to market with, if you're going to try the entrepreneurial idea, like just make it, make sure it's something that you're passionate about so that you're looking at it from the lens of your potential customers. And I think, you know, I, I was lucky enough that I'm, I've been in the hobby for, you know, 25, 30 years. So I, I, I knew like at least one collector likes this. And then obviously I, I started going out there. Um, but no matter what, uh, how prepared you think you are or like how good of a plan you have. One piece of advice is just always be flexible and be able to pivot because, you know, you're going to work with a lot of people that um, unfortunately not everything's in your control, right? So whether it's manufacturers or, or parts or supplies um, that as much as you plan for it, and as much as you say, you know, I'm going to hit these target dates you get those emails and those calls of like, well, we're, we're back ordered or, you know, unfortunately we're not going to make that date. Um, and you know, my biggest thing is just trying to be proactive and, and communicate to our customers. Like if, if this is going to take a long time because of plastic, you know, let's talk about that and say, hey, this is on me. I apologize. I want to get this in your hand just as much as you want to get your cards on it. Um, but just, just make sure you know the, the need that you're trying to fill. Like, how many people are going to need that, right? Is it, is it very niche or is it something that kind of speaks to everybody and just do your research. And if, if people are telling you like, this is a need, go for it. If people are telling you, you know, I don't know if I would buy that, then, you know, ask them like, what would you buy? Like, don't try to force your idea just because like you think it's a great idea. And I, I've had to do that too. Like as, as I thought, you know, I have the best idea ever as I was going through some of those focus groups, like, I did have to make a couple changes, even though I was like, all right, this is not what I think is the best thing. But if enough people are telling you, you know, hey, it should be this amount of cards or like this is the right, you know, the right way to display them. Like, listen. So, I mean, that's probably the biggest piece of advice is just listen and be very, um, be very open to feedback. I mean, that's that's probably what's what's stuck with me through this most that and that and being able to pivot when uh, when you get some curveballs. Yeah, it's great advice. Uh, you know, I want to add to that, not my own advice, but this uh, Josh Luber, when I had him on the show back in, I think it was uh, early, mid-May, 
maybe it was June or July. I don't remember when Josh Luber was on. Yeah. And you know, he's a hobby entrepreneur as well. And I asked him for a piece of advice. He said, the best advice I can give you is just start. Talk about it and yeah. start, right? Don't yeah. be afraid to talk about your idea and just start. So when you're when you're doing like a, a consumer product good like this, you have to have this thing made. You've spoken about manufacturing. How do you go about finding someone to make you this slab shelf? That's uh, that's a really good question too. Luckily, I have uh, I have a good friend of mine that not in the hobby in a, in a different industry um, is also manufacturing a product and and is a bit of an is he's an entrepreneur on his own. Um, so you know referrals and kind of personal um, connections is huge, right? Like I, you want to make sure you're you know you're you're working with people that you can trust and and listen the the supplies being in in um, a shortage of supplies doesn't, doesn't have to do with trust. That's just, you know, a problem that you have to deal with, but you want to make sure that the people are reliable. So for me, it was really, you know, having that testimonial of like, Hey, I've worked with this person. Like they've come through from me before. Uh, Cause if not, you know, then it's, it's doing your homework and saying like, you know, I like this product. Uh, and even if it's not in the hobby industry, like who makes this product? Like, can you kind of reverse engineer it and see uh, who makes it, who markets it, you know, who's their distributor, who designed it. Um, but there's a lot of people that touch these products. It's not just, you know, one person has the idea and one person makes it. I mean, I've worked with a manufacturer for the, the actual shelf, a different manufacturer for the boxing, uh, and the packaging, um, you know, a different person for the warehousing. So all of this, you know, a, a shipping, uh, provider. So all of this, you just have to be able to be very organized you need to manage all these relationships. Uh, and then hopefully it all kind of works together to get the consumer what they want uh, at the end of the day. Um, you know, website management, uh, design, like all that stuff plays a big part. So you're kind of like the conductor of the orchestra here, making sure all the moving parts are working in sync and some are going to be a little slow, especially like, were you competing with PSA for plastic? Uh, I, I mean, if I was, I lost because PSA was definitely ordering way more plastic than I was. Um, but I mean, I think everybody was like, just there's, there's so many products being manufactured um, that pla is crazy. Like how many times have I seen, uh, like on message boards, like, is anyone selling card savers or, or top loaders? Like I can't find any yeah. anywhere. Um, and it's the same thing. It's cause those are made of plastic and there was just kind of a shortage. Uh, it does seem now, like I, now I have my materials, like I'm good. Uh, and I've already pre-ordered. It's so, like to make sure I'm kind of ahead of it for the next wave, but it, it seems like they've kind of caught up a bit. So I, hopefully PSA is, uh, when PSA shut down, I think it helped everybody else in the plastic world. Yeah. <laughs> Freed some up for everybody else for yeah, sure. Exactly. Tom Bullard says, we are, we are idea guys in here. Yes, please. Lots of ideas, but no directions. So, so any advice you can give, well, this is old already, like in terms of uh, any advice yeah. that you can give would be helpful. So I hope that was, I hope it was helpful. I, I think it was, I mean, it's, uh, you know, to me, you 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 were almost fortunate to have a buddy who was doing some manufacturing to help you like was is it made is it made in america it is it is so uh everything is made and manufactured designed in the u.s um it's actually so i i live in uh, in north jersey right outside of new york city uh near like giant stadium at Stadium in that area uh, and it's actually being manufactured in eastern pennsylvania so even being able to like kind of go and see the manufacturing process uh was key uh, cause it's a short drive for me. So yeah, everything's made in the U S awesome. Okay. Dan Smith has a question comment. I make custom wood card stands, all hand sewn. Thanks for the input. Helpful of info for sure. Where do you find it best to promote your product? 
so I I just prefer Instagram just because I think that's where most of the eyes are. I mean, we have Instagram, we have Twitter, um, Facebook, YouTube, uh, and obviously we have a, an e-commerce website. But Instagram just seems to be where, especially in the, specifically for the hobby, uh, where most of the eyes are. But I mean, you could probably, if you ask somebody else, they might argue that you know Twitter or TikTok or, or there might be another forum. But for me, it's Instagram. So kind of a different sort of question. I'm just going to throw it out there. What what do you love about the hobby, John? That's a great question. Um pretty open-ended. It's a yeah, I mean, I can answer that a million different ways. I I I'll answer it two ways. Um the first is like the physical cards, like the the actual cards that you have in your PC. What I love about them is is they take me back to a very specific moment in time, right? So whether it's a card that I had when I was seven, eight years old. And I remember pulling out of a pack and it might not be a value, like a very valuable car, but just like, it was a special card to me. Um, God bless you. Uh, but you get, so you get, you get that feeling of nostalgia of cards that you opened when you were a kid. Um, there's cards that, you know, maybe I I went to a show and I bought it with a buddy of mine, like that card then reminds me of like that time or that show, like the, the Lou Gehrig will always remind me of kind of like the COVID national, right? Like the national, you know, when everybody was kind of like so hungry to, to, to get together, like I bought that one card. So cards is kind of sparking that memory. I love about the hobby. Um, and then the other, and this was pre COVID and, and now is, and it's again, I, like I hate, I hate saying the same answer that kind of everyone else says, but it's just so true is the, the people and like the friends that you've made, because of the hobby, you know, whether in person or, or literally like from across multiple time zones and you've never really met them before. Um, some of those connections are just like amazing uh, to have that in, in common. So I, I think both of those things are really what kind of hits home for me. Yeah. Great. Great answer. I love it. And thanks to uh, Troy for the the tip and the acknowledgement that, yes, I'm <laughs> I am pushing through this, this uh, cold that I've had going on about day three here, guys. So bless you talk drops. Yeah, well, I've been chugging the Benelin, so <laughs> yeah. Thank you, Troy. Much appreciated, pal. Yep. Uh, Lapper in the house says, late to the show, but you got an interview with Marc-Andre Fleury. Very nice. Is, so, I mean, is that like the old Penguins goalie? Yeah, he's saying All right. like him. He was there, a good-looking guy. I'll take that. Thank you. <laughs> there is a similarity there for sure. All right, I'll take it. Right on, right on. So... There's been some news in the hobby lately. And first of all, to the chat, guys, thanks, everybody, for joining After Hours. I'm, what am I, 40, 35 minutes in and just welcoming you. Uh, this is John Beyer. Uh, what are you, president, CEO, chairman of the board of Slab Shelf? Slash, uh, slash intern. I mean, I'm, I'm literally kind of everything. So, uh, yeah, I'm the Slab Shelf guy. That's what, uh, that's what people at the National said. They're like, oh, you're the Slab Shelf guy. And I was like, well, my name's also John, but you can call me the Slab Shelf guy. Yeah. Who else is helping you with the business right now? Um, so honestly, I would not be able to do this without the the support of like my my inner circle. Um, I mean, because it is it's like a it's a one man show. Uh, but my my wife, uh, Kristen, is a is a huge supporter and helps me out greatly uh, with this. Whether it's like actually helping execute some of these ideas or um, or you know kind of telling me when I have a terrible idea. You know, if I bounce some ideas off her, she keeps me in check sometimes. Uh, and then my brother, uh, who's also way big into the hobby, 
So I love having that connection with him. Um, but he's also a, uh, a marketer in the sports world. So he knows cards, he knows sports marketing. Uh, he's a great designer. So uh, he's also helped me, uh, helped me a lot. If you see the, uh, the Instagram video where there's like a bunch of cards kind of popping and flashing on the slab shelf, uh, my brother did that for me. So, um, so yeah. And then obviously just my, my circle, my kids help with it, but it's uh, yeah, it's, it's a very, very small kind of local run business. Yeah, good. Good for you. Yeah. James Riley says, Jeremy, you are the paragon of sports card content. Thank you, James. Very Amen. nice. Appreciate the appreciate the comment. Amen. Kent, my buddy Ken Richardson out of uh out of Vancouver, Canada says, those look nice. Is anyone in Canada selling them? So not yet. Um, I I actually am talking to some uh some folks in Canada. Uh not you. I know I know other people in Canada other than Jeremy. Um He's, he's my favorite Canadian, but, uh, but we, we are, I am trying to work on a, on a Canadian distribution channel. If you wanted to buy it from Canada, you can shipping's just really expensive. And I'm also trying to work with, um, with some shipping companies on that. Um, it's just expensive. I'm just, I mean, Jeremy, you, you could, you can kind of vouch for this, like even just getting a, a card on eBay from the U S is expensive for you guys. Yeah. For but, sure. uh, we, I, I am working on that. Good. Well, let me just like, so Ken, actually owns i believe four four hobby shops in in canada ah. so he may be interested in carrying them ken so send really... me a dm send me a dm we'll talk ken his uh, instagram is on the uh, ticker right now at slab shell so feel yep. free to reach out to john i do have a unit behind me ken and uh i think they're pretty awesome like they they're it's just it's just a way to show your slabs it's it's a it's a, it's a nice easy simple way to show your slabs right mm -hmm. I well, it's awesome for sure. For sure. We, we, we use different vernacular display your slabs. That's a what did I say, show. Yeah. That's a different company. God. Oh, of course. <laughs> of course. Of course. Display. But all good. But I like some good competition. It's all good stuff. All good. Let me ask you another sort of open-ended question mm -hmm. that I don't know if I've ever asked this question of any guest before, but how has your hobby approach evolved over the last year and a half based on what's happened in the hobby in the world? Um, it's a very good question. And I, I think I have like a pretty specific answer. I, I used to collect a little bit of everything. Like I just, you know, if I thought a car looked cool or if I, you know, kind of liked a player, um, I, I would jump in. I used to like to dabble in prospecting and, and kind of buying young players in season and, and, and flipping. Um, I definitely got a, I got away from, from prospecting current players. Cause I think it, it's just, it's gotten a little bit out of control for me. Um, some of these prices that people are paying for guys that just are completely unproven. I, and listen, everyone should collect whatever they want to collect, but I I've gone a different road. Um, and the list that I showed kind of points to it. I I've consolidated a lot and I've, you know, there's, there's the Netflix show, um, the Maria condoing, like the joy of, uh, I don't know if you've ever seen it, but basically it's, you know, she goes into people's houses and talk about like, you know, the junk that they have in their house. And if it doesn't bring you joy, if it doesn't spark joy, get rid of it. Right. It's a way to kind of minimize. And I had the same approach to my cards. Like there's cards that I love. And when I hold that card, it brings me joy. Like that's a keeper. doesn't matter what the value is. And if I have cards that I look at and I just go like, ah, it's nice to have, like, but do I really need it? I've sold a lot of those cards and have been able to buy kind of some bigger cards that, that spark joy that like, I want to show my kids and like, I want my kids to have this one card instead of like these 20 
kind of so-so cards. Um, so I think consolidation has probably been the biggest thing that I've done and just kind of set my targets on kind of a couple, couple bigger fish. Interesting. I think that that's a good answer. I mean, you use the word consolidation at the end and I think, you know, technically that's, I guess what it, what it is. Yeah. But consolidation is almost just the result of culling the collection. And, and like, I like how you, how you explained it. You go through your collection, you look at each card, does it make you happy or, or is it just something that's maybe other people think is cool or it's got value? Like I have a couple cards like that where I'm kind of, I'm having this internal battle. Like I've got say a couple thousand dollars wrapped up in a card that is, that's a very, you know, it's, it's worth that amount of money for whatever reason, but I look at it and it just doesn't get me all happy. Like some cards make me very happy to look at them. And it's, but then, then I, I, I I get to that point where I say to myself, okay, I don't love the card, but that doesn't mean I can't own it. Right. Like maybe it's good to have for other reasons, like it's going to go up in value. It's going to be a good investment Mm -hmm. piece. Maybe it's not my favorite card in my collection, but it might be a good investment piece. And I find myself sort of struggling with that. Even right now, there's a couple of cards that are, you know, in my mind, it's like, ah, you know, maybe I should just move those and put them into something else. But then I feel like, oh, I'm going to have that FOMO of what yep. if that card is, you know, it's as important as I believe it to be. Important and loving it aren't exactly the same thing, right? Mm-hmm. They're not even close. But should I should I let it go? So culling to me is it's a, it can be a tough process, very tough to decide what cards to take out of your collection and then move those cards into the consolidation process. So it's kind of like two two stages there does that make sense to you or i'm, I'm just making this up as i go no 100 percent. i mean i remember I, I listened to one of your i forgot when it was but you were talking about how you you kind of dipped your toe into the pokemon market right because like it, it seemed like that's where a lot of people are going and then you were kind of like why do i have this like i didn't watch the show like you don't really have the connection to it so i, I think that's a good way to look at it too is like what like why did you like what was the purpose of you buying the card what's the purpose of you holding on to it now if it's you know, there's going to be some appreciation then sure. Right. Like then it's a, like a business decision, but if it goes up, are you then going to hold on to it or are then you selling it to then buy something else that kind of brings you that joy? So I think like all these factors play into it. Yeah. Funny enough, all those Pokemon cards I have are, are going up for sale this month. So <laughs> see, Amen. there like, you go. Yeah. It's not, it's not that I, it's not even that I didn't watch the shows as a kid or, or, you know, when it came out, it's that I, I actually did watch some of them as an adult, yes. like in the last year, and realized it's just not for me. It just I just there's nothing that yeah. resonates about it for me. So, yeah, Jeremy, so I I, kinda... I worked at my local card shop from like 1994 to 2000, and the amount of like first edition Pokemon boxes I sold for I think the box at the time cost like 80 bucks. Like it was like I I did not collect Pokemon at all. But I sold people like a Charizard foil, like like for, you know, 50 bucks, 100 bucks. And just it makes me really want to get in that time machine and shake the younger version of myself and just say, of course, just get a whole U-Haul for those Pokemon boxes. We all want it. We all we all have those those kicking ourselves stories. Here's a question from Mike, baseball collector. Mike, good evening. Uh, Mike says, do you plan on making bigger ones? I have about forty five hundred slabs that I need to display. Now, before you answer that, John, my comment to Mike is, Mike, then what happens with the beast? What happens with the beast if you can display all 4,500 cards? But I'll let you take the question. Uh, that First of all, kudos on 4,500. That's a lot of um, 
it's a lot of slabs. It's a lot of plastic. That's why, you know, there was a shortage of plastic because this guy's because got this guy. Yeah. Um, my, it's a, it's a pretty easy answer. You just have to buy a lot of slab shelves because that's <laughs> there. They're no, but like they're, they're really versatile. So whether you're hanging them on a wall or on a shelf, if you just line them up side by side or on a wall, you can stack them up high. I mean, I have, um, I have a uh, one shot, I think it's on my Instagram where I took nine of them. So it was like three by three and it displays, it's about 90 or so slabs. And it, it, you can't even see the shelf. So it literally just looks like there's 90 slabs on your wall. So 4,500, you would just need a lot of slab shelves and a lot of real estate in your, uh, in whatever room you're, you're displaying them in. Of, of course. But I'm going to ask it again. Like, do you plan on doing a bigger one? I understand you can just do more, but have you, like, how did you, how did you land on a, a, a unit that really displays eight cards? And actually I can fit 10 on mine. You can do 10. Yeah. So, and, and I usually, I kind of advertise as eight to 10, just depending on if you want your slabs to, to touch each other, or if you want a little bit of space, like I prefer a little bit of space, but you can put 10 easily. So you can definitely do 10. Um, the, the real reason it's like the actual size. And this is again, me, me just being very honest with you and your listeners is if you look over this shoulder, I have these kind of cabinets here and it was the size that fit into my cabinets. But um, the the original one that I made was over here. So this one fits like, I, don't know, I think 18 cards. Uh, but when I started asking people and posting on some of these, I, like Facebook groups are great for cards because you can buy and sell and trade, but you can also get a lot of good feedback. Um, 10 was the number. Like when I was asking people, like, do you want bigger? Do you want smaller? Everyone kind of came back to like, oh, like I have my top 10 yeah. or like, and, and it just, it came up more times than, than not. So that's why I settled on the size. Uh, I don't have plans for a bigger one or a smaller one because I, I do think they are really easy to just kind of stack up and down and, and, you know, um, combine and mix and match. Uh, doesn't mean never, but right now it's just the buy a bunch and, and put them together. There you go. Well, he says if he did that, the beast will just get filled up again. <laughs> nice. Skeppy wants to know, do you have an affiliate program or influencer opportunities? Uh, so nothing official. Everything, you know, all the the folks that uh, did promote it for me, nobody was paid. You know, it was all just because they... And which I love, like, I love that I can, I can look at you guys in the eyes and say like, everybody who promoted it did so because they were like, I like this product. I, you know, like I would use it. I think everyone else should. Um, but if people are looking to get the word out, you know, just send me a DM. I would, I would love to, to work with you. I mean, I, I think going back to why I like the hobby, this has allowed me to just connect with so many creative and innovative people that yes, like they're creative and innovative in the hobby, but they also, you know, they, they're, Kind of just creative in general um so and th that goes for anybody listening like if anybody ever wants to just talk shop talk hobby just send me a dm like i, I would love to just talk um about furthering the hobby and, and making sure it's strong so um no nothing official but always happy to talk what's your favorite card in your collection i'm just i'm looking at, i'm looking at all these behind you and i'm like you have so many awesome cards what's your favorite back there coming from you that means a lot um I would say my favorite only because of, of the story behind it is uh, it's a cliche answer. It's my, uh, my 86 Fleer Jordan. 
you know, and, you know, I'm a, I'm a nineties, eighties, nineties kid. So obviously Jordan, um, was God, but the reason that that card is my favorite is because in 1996, Beckett came out with a, a 10 year anniversary of the 86 Fleer Jordan. So I was, I was 14 years old. I was working at the baseball card shop and it just kind of hit. I was like, I need that card. Actually, I have, I knew this would come. So I had the, be- this Beckett from 1996 was the, like, this card came out 10 years ago. Like, is it going to be the card and, and, you know, a whole write up on it. So I, I was like, I need that card. Like I, I always wanted it, but this was like the, I need it. Um, but I knew there were a lot of counterfeits out there and, you know, I had people come into the shop with fake ones. So like I've, I've seen fake ones. So I said, I need to get it great. I need a graded version. And again, like I, I had no graded cards, but I was like, for this one, I need a, a graded card. Um, and I went to a bunch of card shows local. No one had a graded Jordan rookie. So it was just hard. And, and eBay wasn't really a thing yet. Um, so I bought my 86 Fleer Jordan off an AOL chat forum when I was 14 with money I saved up from work. And I went to the bank and I got a money order and I sent a money order to some random guy. Uh, and I didn't tell my parents about it. So I, I, but I did like, before I got it, I told my dad and uh, he was livid because he was like, you just sent this person cash, but you send them a money order, not even a check. Like you're never going to see that card. Um, And a couple, like a week later, I got it in the mail and it was in the PSA slab. And, you know, I got to tell my dad, like, you know, see, you got to trust those, uh, trust the people in the hobby. And I still have it. And, And like that card during the peak went up to an amount that like all my friends are like, you have to sell it. You're in that card for like 800 bucks. And I was like, I don't care if it goes down to zero. Like I am never ever selling that card. So that that's my, that's my number one. Yeah. That's a, you, as you said, maybe a little cliche because it's such a important popular card. It's like the why behind it. And that's fine. There's nothing, nothing wrong with that at all for me. Mm -hmm. Uh, Ken mentions that he sent you an email. Very good. Very good. Happy to Instagram. (laughs) He's on there. He's obviously, as he says, Uh, Eric S. My family and I are currently building a custom roll top looking desk that is for uh, for storing graded cards. Interesting. Is that something, Eric, that you're planning to uh, to uh, scale and and actually start a business or is this a one off for yourself? I'm just curious, but um, be interesting to see what what that looks like for sure. For sure. Um, Okay, so let's uh, let's talk a bit about what's going on hobby wise. Cause there's been, you know, there's been a lot of news and uh, unless there's anything else slab shelf that you want to talk about, John, anything else slab shelf that you want to get out there for people to know? No, just, um, you know, like I said, I, especially if, if you're listening and you've, you've ordered one, you know, in addition to me just being very, very thankful and appreciative. Uh, I just can't wait to see what people's cards look like on a slab shelf. So once you get it, or if you're ordering one tonight, once you get it, like definitely post, like, Tag slab shelf, tag me, hashtag slab shelf. Cause I, I just, I want to see people's collections and like what they want to put on it. Uh, if you are a dealer, uh, we're doing wholesale. So contact me about if you want to carry this in your shop for your customers. Uh, if you're a breaker and you want this on your, your uh, kind of in the background of, of your breaking, contact me. Or if you just, again, want to talk hobby, uh, I'm around. So, uh, but yeah we, de- yeah, we could definitely talk hobby. And there's, there's, I guess there's a couple of things going on uh newsworthy in the hobby these days 
Right on. <laughs> okay, good. So Eric lets us know these. It's a one-off just for just for them. Very cool, Eric. Oops. That's how I started. So you never know. Yeah, true enough. But put a picture on Instagram, uh, Eric, and uh, tag me so I can make sure to see it when it's done. Mm -hmm. uh, Tyler, Tyler gets a kick out of the AOL story. David French is where are you out of that you're always so late, always enjoy. David, I am out of Calgary, Alberta, Canada, just north of Montana. So it's only 10 after 10 for me, even though I know it's after midnight on the East Coast. That's all right. Oh, but I got my coffee. I'm fine. This is you're fine. Third or fourth cup today. We got John on the East Coast here, but that's why I'm always so late, uh, David. Appreciate that though. So hobby, let's just let's just talk a bit of hobby news. I want to go for about at least five more minutes here, John. Make sure yeah. we do about an hour before we uh and to anybody who's maybe joined late uh we are doing a shorter evening tonight just because i am under the weather so we did an hour earlier with michael osaki and uh we're gonna do about an hour here with with john so uh but thanks everybody for joining and reminder tomorrow i will be live on the collectible uh the collectible youtube channel with um eric myers as our guest that should be a fun episode uh there as well so the fanatics news obviously it came out a while ago you know someone made a comment earlier that have you have you been in contact with michael rubin yet maybe he wants <laughs> to own your business too who knows um but uh, what are your thoughts around all that just i mean you know obviously everybody's talking about this there's no shortage of content on this topic yeah but um i don't think you've been out there talking about it publicly yet as far as where, where, what your sort of views are so interested to hear what you think about that and you know the fact that fanatics has these licenses coming soon but also his um, his comments on CNBC the other day. Yeah, I, so my my first take um, is really I'm, I'm excited for the potential that's out there, right? Like of of where this could go, and and my advice to everybody whose whose head is kind of exploding, you know, and and having knee jerk reactions is just like let it play out, right? Like we have we really have no idea what exactly is going to happen. Um, but if I'm if the best advice, not that not that Michael Rubin needs or Josh Lou or any of these guys need my advice, but just listen to your customers, right? Like if if you really listen to collectors of like what they think will be in the best interest of the hobby uh, and what will keep this hobby strong for a long time, making sure kids are involved and, and it's not just, you know, kind of ending with a certain generation. Um, I think you just need to listen to that. And then based on that, make your decisions, right? Like. It's to me, local card shops are always going to be a thing. Like the headlines the last couple of days have been like, oh, it's like Fanatics is going to put the local card shop out of business. Well, if the local card shop is is doing what they're supposed to be doing and doing it the right way, like I know a lot of them are, like they're going to be fine. Like, and there's going to be a, a place for them in the hobby, like in the hobby ecosystem. Um, but maybe some of the card shops that are that are just in it to squeeze people for money and, and aren't really doing it the right way. Maybe it's okay if those types of, of card shops aren't around. So I, I think my, my first gut reaction is everybody take a deep breath. Uh, and my second is if if the hobby speaks up and is like, here's the here's what we need, um, hopefully Fanatics listens and, and hopefully that's that's what they do. But I, what I'm really excited for, and I know I think you're on the same page too, is like, is there the potential for them to maybe also get the upper decks of the world and then you know, we can get into some of these uh, retro, you know, basketball, like the, the, the 90s inserts. Can we get some, some you know, paying homage to those cards? Um, so I think that I'm really excited about. It's like that kind of stuff gets me, uh, gets me very anxious in a good way. 
Yeah, no, well, well said. I think that I think the takeaway there for me is like let it play out because that's really all we can do. But the thing that that you know for for content creators is that it this is a gold mine for for us. Oh because yeah. We're going to have so much to talk about. Every every time that that Michael Rubin or Josh Luber makes a statement or speaks publicly or with the leagues or the PAs, there's going to be comments for from yes. from the uh from all of us, from the peanut gallery, right? We're going to have all these comments, all these videos to make and talking about to speculate. And that's, that's part of the, uh, it's part of, part of the hobby right now is just yeah. having fun speculating and watching people speculate, listening to podcasts, watching YouTube videos, all that, all that sort of thing. Mm -hmm. For sure. Yeah, for sure. I, one of the things that, that I think a lot of people <clears throat> may have, that, that I think has escaped a lot of people is that, and I'm interested in your thoughts on this really you know, aside from, you know, the secondary market, which he said he he kind of wants to get involved in, yeah. if not take all together, which I think is a, a big, that's a, a big task. But really, everything that that Fanatics is going to do has to do with the cards that they make from whatever year, 2023, 4, 5, 6, and forward. Mm -hmm. There's still the whole body of work from like 1888 till 2020 something. Yeah, they're not erasing kind of, that. <laughs> what's that? They're not erasing that like that. Exists. No, those, yeah. those are still out there. People yeah. are still going to want to, you know, touch, hold, feel those cards, buy and sell them. So, I mean, and, and I don't know that everyone's going to all of a sudden send <coughs> send their their collections to some to the fanatics vault or whatever they're they may yeah. want to do or sell them on their. Although they may get that they may take eBay's business. I suppose yeah. that's a possibility. Yeah, <coughs> but I think it comes back to really. Now, I know a lot of people like putting sets together every year. That's a very important mm -hmm. and major part of the hobby. So those people are affected. But if you're not a set builder, if you're not putting together the, the Topps baseball set every year or the prison basketball set every year, you're, you know, you're still going to be able to have your hobby if you can focus on older on older cards pre the Fanatics yeah. era. I don't know. Kind of some thoughts I've, I've had about it. Anything to add on or comment on that no I, I like so i like i like i said earlier i don't collect a ton of new stuff like i'll i'll dabble in it every every now and then so you know even if they stopped making cards like i still have my targets that i'm looking for and like i i could still go after them no matter what the one thing i do like about fanatics saying that they're gonna take over the secondary market take over storage take over grading is i again competition is a good thing like if that makes those other sectors raise their game a little bit. And, and listen, honestly, there's been parts of the hobby that have gotten kind of complacent and a little bit lazy um, because I think they, they didn't really need to put as much effort in. So if, if this makes everybody a little bit sharper because they're, they know there's, the, there's some competition coming, I don't think that's a bad thing. So, um, so we got to see how that plays out too. But I, I, I agree. All the history of cards isn't going anywhere. That's what this is all built on. So let's, you know, always stay true to that and then be excited and, and optimistic, maybe cautiously optimistic of, of where this is all going to go. <laughs> cautiously optimistic is, is a great attitude to have. Yeah. I feel like a lot of people are cautiously pessimistic right now, but yeah. that's okay no, I'm, too. I'm cautiously optimistic. Yeah, <clears throat> yeah so I, I, I am too, but but I have a bit, there, I have a bit of pessimism, but I also think that we're talking about lots of money, smart people who are probably going to listen to the, to the, to the people, to the customers. Yeah. I, I hope I shouldn't say probably. What do I know? But I, I hope we will see. We will see. Uh, Fred makes a comment about you. This guy gets it. Nice. Fred Murphy lives in the suburbs of Philadelphia. We haven't had any car shops locally in 20 years. 
<coughs> part's too long. Yeah. Eric X, Eric S predicts Fanatics turns away the card community and tops will come back. Maybe owned by Interesting take. <laughs> yeah. Fanatics. Yeah. JG says Fanatics is too big to fail. I mean, I kind of see that a little bit, but they have to listen to the right people. They have to, it can't, the team has to be built, right? And I yeah. think they're not, I think they're probably going to build a, a team that has some hobby experience, yeah, I, I would agree. think, right? Yep. David French says, would love an occasional hobby plays from your awesome channel. Thank you, for David French. What do you mean by hobby plays? Are you saying cards to buy, cards to sell? If you are, it's just not really what I do, but I appreciate it. Maybe something, maybe some sort of spin on it. So I appreciate the feedback. Here we are with someone asking, you know, telling you what you want. And you're like, well, we'll see. It's not really what I do. Yeah, but Yep. Listen to the people. Listen to the people. Exactly. Yep. Let me know what kind of uh, plays you're talking about, uh, David. And, I, and I'd certainly entertain it. Troy says, yeah, anything can fail. They also said the Titanic was unsinkable. Eric says, if I'm tops and Panini and see the cliff coming, I am mass producing like there's no tomorrow. Yeah, I mean, I, I think that, that that they're already printing at capacity, so there's no there's no more printing they can do, right? The last yeah. couple of years, the the printers are, are backed up. There's really no more they can do. But if I'm Tops or Panini, I'm a local car shop or I'm a distributor. I'm starting to try to reach out to Fanatics, try to reach out to Josh Luber, try and see how can we fit in mm-hmm. once this happens from a new product standpoint. Otherwise, we're going to become vintage sellers or you know pre-fanatics era sellers of singles and that sort of thing yeah um i mean there's other opportunities there of course your sports cars don't have to be the only thing well here ken ken who owns some shops pipes in says i'm optimistic even with owning hobby shops many doors will open as others will close that's see that's the that's the attitude right there and ken owns i think it's four hobby shops he owns but that last sentence is that's the sentence of somebody who understands the way the world works. There's always opportunity. Yeah, that's right. Many doors will many doors will open as others will close. That's that that should be the title of this of this episode. Not that I'm totally working with Ken. I like Ken. No, Ken, you nailed it. I think you nailed it exactly. That's why mm-hmm. you're a successful businessman because you get that, and it speaks to being able to adapt and pivot and. You know, not just throw in the towel because because everything you know is changing. If everything yep. you know is changing, maybe you need to change along with it and mm-hmm. realize that last sentence. Yeah, I really like that comment. All right. Anything else you want to talk about, John? No, or I just that. I uh, I mean, I just want to thank you again. I want to be I want to be a multiple time after hours guest. So. And I know we got to keep Slapshot going, but uh, you know I want to I want to be like the uh, the Ryan Nolans of the world and, and be your maybe your hobby entrepreneur uh, correspondent. So uh, I just thank I, I thank you for all you do for the hobby. I, I just always enjoy your content, and uh, hopefully I can come back on. I appreciate that, man. Thank you. And if you start traveling to fifty two shows a year, you can also be the Ryan Nolan yes. of the show. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I love Ryan. I, another guy who I got to meet at uh, at the national for the first time, but uh, I don't have I, I don't have that kind of bandwidth. I think to, to as many shows, but he's he's awesome. He's awesome. And then well, the, the last thing I have to say again, and I've I've said it again, but I have to say it as many times as I can. Is just thank you again to everybody who has supported um, from day one, and I just I really look forward to seeing where this goes and uh, and to continuing the support. So thank you for for everybody out there who's uh, Slapshell fans. Yeah, that's great, man. For sure. For sure. Um, I just want to say about Ryan Nolan, it helps when you're in your 20s, not married, 
and uh, <laughs> can travel a lot, right? It makes it, that makes he, it a lot easier. He, Chad Shipper, like, thanks for joining. Take care. Victor, I appreciate that. Hit that like button, guys, if you enjoyed the show. If you didn't enjoy the show tonight, hit the like button anyway. I appreciate that. Thank you, Troy. Eric S. says, last time I was at the National, it was on the West Coast, and that will never happen again. Never say never, Eric. Bob's big boy says the Fanatics move is a licensed consolidation that swings all future acquisition leverage in their favor. They can wait out any brand for buyout as brands only decline in value without a license. Yeah, can't really He's argue that. Yep. Maybe they just pick them up in the meantime. All right, we're going to wind this up. Thanks, everybody, for joining. Apologies for the shorter night this week, but again, okay. I am under the weather. <laughs> That's <Ooh>. not fake. <laughs> Feel better, <laughs> my friend. Feel better. Going to get some some sleep, extra sleep this weekend. So thanks, everybody, for joining. I'll be on Collectible Live tomorrow night, 7 p.m. Eastern. Please check in. Check it out with Eric Myers, also known on Instagram as Howley underscore Hustle. And uh, we'll be back next week. Thank you, Tom. Thank you, Fred. Thank you, Lapper. Appreciate it, guys. Uh, John, hang tight one second. Everyone else, this is over. Thanks for joining. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.